An NBA executive says the Pelicans need to choose between Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram this summer, but do they? And the better question might be, should they? Is it that crazy of an idea? Let's pick in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team in New Orleans Pelicans and NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday. Oh, we got a little bit of a break from games because of All-Star Weekend. I hope you enjoyed seeing Jordan Hawkins out there. We'll get into his play in tomorrow's episode and some other things coming out of all-star weekend that I think are relevant to the team. But today I want to talk about Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, an anonymous Eastern Conference executive quote. I'll read the quote for you in a second. It's going to base our discussion all around that today. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday so that you never miss anything. And we're going to look at one of the biggest questions around this Pelicans team. So here's the quote, and this comes from an article by Howard Beck over at TheRinger.com. And Howard Beck is a friend of the show. He's been on here before. And here's the quote that he has from an Eastern Conference executive talking in general about how kind of the trade deadline was quiet. And says, quote, New Orleans has to make a decision between Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. I think that happens this summer, end quote. Okay. Interesting. So one, why is this a thing? Like, why is this a thing, right? Why, why do we need to choose between Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram? Why is this something that others are talking about? There's two reasons for that. One, salary cap stuff for next year. And two, the on-court fit has been clunky. So we're going to get into a couple of things around this. I want to start with the salary cap stuff, right? This team's expensive. They have three guys in Zion, BI, and CJ who are making over $30 million. That's tough to really build a team with three guys making that much money. So that Eastern Conference executives claim is mainly, in my opinion, based around the fact that the Pelicans probably need to pay the luxury tax next season or take a step back in talent. If you look at just kind of going into next year with guys kind of on expiring deals coming off and everything, that around $155 million or so in salary, the luxury tax line is right at $172 million. So when you look at that, right, let's, let's call it $20 million off, $18 million off. That's not a great spot to be in because if you want to try and upgrade your roster or move on from Jonas Valanciunas, and more on that in the next segment here, when we look at that before, what would you do before you break up Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson? You know, if you try and get Jared Allen, who's going to make $20 million next year, you add him to that 155, that's 175, that's over the 172, you're $3 million into the luxury tax, and you still need to fill two or three roster spots. There's just kind of no getting around it. And then, right, assuming you extend Brandon Ingram because he's out of contract after next season, Trey Murphy's in line for an extension, that kicks in, you're now deeper into the luxury tax, assuming you still have that center, right? So given that 
you need to pay the tax if you want to kind of keep this group together next season. I think this Eastern Conference executive is like, yeah, New Orleans doesn't do that, so they're not going to. You know, there's a reason for that. This team has never paid the luxury tax. They're one of two franchises never to have paid the luxury tax before. Now, I don't know if they ever should have paid the luxury tax before, but looking at it, you know, they probably could have added players and done it, but looking at the rosters in general they've had and kind of the the history of everything, like, no, they probably shouldn't have, right? Like, so when you look at all that, that kind of makes some sense. But in 22 years, they've never paid the luxury tax. So I think the Eastern Conference executive is really banking on all of that. The Pelicans could buck that trend, pay it, and all of a sudden the financial urgency to kind of split them up is gone. And that's what we hope that this team is going to do. Okay, that's the salary cap stuff out of the way. The bigger issue, I think, is also the on-court fit isn't great. It's been clunky. They haven't particularly worked great together. Again, this is something I am stressing and hammering that this Pelicans team is good, right? They're 32 and 22, 11 games over 500 here. They have the seventh best offense in the league, the 12th best, or sorry, the seventh best defense, the 12th best offense. That's a good number. They have the eighth best net rating, Going into this, and it's better if you look at it basically since that loss to the Los Angeles Lakers in the in-season tournament. So they're a good team. They're primarily doing it beating up on opponents' benches. That doesn't quite work in the postseason when teams shorten the rotation and cut some of you know the fat essentially around things. And you have to go up against your starters. And the Pelican starters are losing that battle. This is something we've talked a lot about on the show. The starting unit. C.J. McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas is a negative 2.2 in terms of net rating. An NBA championship team usually minimum, I think it's actually is minimum, has six or better as a team, as a team. Now, the Pelicans are at 4.8, so that's a good number, or sorry, 4.3, so they're not horribly far off of that, but your starters need to kind of do the majority of that. You want your starters being in that like 10 range, positive 10, then your bench usually brings you down a couple of spots, and if you can land at, say, positive eight, you're in a very good position. That's not how the Pelicans are getting things done, and I wonder if that means this team will struggle in a postseason environment if the starters are losing those minutes. If you want to win a championship you kind of need to be in better spot than the Pelicans are it's good for the regular season it's not great for the postseason that's kind of the the position this team I think finds themselves in a little bit right now you know when you look at them they don't exactly look like they're playing James Borrego ball right there's not enough three-pointers being taken that was a point of emphasis for this team going into this year to take more threes they're about taking the same many as they did last season that's not what they've wanted to do. There's less off-ball movement, right? And, you know, Zion is just trying to get to the rim, do his thing. Brandon Ingram's trying to kind of take mid-rangers, right? Now, not taking enough threes is on both of these guys. It's tough to build around two players that don't take threes. Like, it's just hard. I think in general, you know, you want to have a guard to build around. I think it's easier to build around guards because your big men don't matter as much. But when one of your star players is a big man and one's a wing, it's a little bit tough to build around. So they're not taking enough threes on both guys, right? Like Zion doesn't take them. Brandon Ingram doesn't take them nearly enough. The issue is one is capable of adjusting and becoming a good three-point shooter and has been a good three-point shooter, so could take more threes. And one would just fail at doing that. And the one failing at it would be Zion Williamson. He needs to add more to his bag, but 
like Raylene on him to take th- more three-point shots isn't going to do anything because that's not going to space the court. That won't even make teams pay. Brandon Ingram can make teams pay. He has those breakout three-point games and then doesn't do anything for five, six games and has a breakout three-point game and then doesn't do it again. That inconsistency is tough. You know, I think it's tough for other guys to kind of know the role. And one of the things, and you hear Antonio Daniels talk a lot about this on the broadcast, is kind of the hierarchy of stuff, right? It's not particularly working in, in who is it, right? In crunch time, like who are you building your offense around to go and win games? And I don't think New Orleans particularly knows or even has a good option with that currently at the moment. But it's not all bad. I'm going to share a stat with you between Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson in the next segment here. And then I think that's going to lead into the larger discussion of you're not going to break them up this offseason. And here's another reason why. And we'll go into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Grammarly. Look, no matter what kind of work you do, communication is key. All those emails, reports, presentations, it's equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done, and Grammarly can help. I work in industries where you've got to brainstorm a lot, and I hate staring at a blank page on my computer. I need a line or two in there, and then I can kind of get going, but that blank page just kills me. I use Grammarly to help me with that. A couple of prompts into Grammarly, and it's populating ideas in there. Now I've got a little bit of momentum. I can pick it up and run with it, and it's thanks to Grammarly. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. So you can save time with one click and go from editing drafts in hours to seconds. So make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Easier said and done with Grammarly. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're here Monday through Friday, becoming every day or listen Monday through Friday or just add an extra day and that's going to support the channel here. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Do you want to break up Zion Williamson and Brian Ingram? Do you want to wait to do it to see what they do in the postseason? We'll touch on that in the third segment here. Or do we just say like, let's make other moves first. We're going to touch on that in this part of Locked On Pelicans. For your second listen today, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and it's now available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today, now available on the free Fire TV channels app. That's great just to have in the background. You like kind of a show just in the background, giving you some like white noise while you're working from home or something like that. Or you just want to catch up on all of like the biggest news, the biggest stories in sports. Throw that on. You're going to get a local expert informing you on things you didn't even think you needed to know. It's really great. That's kind of like my go-to thing over, you know, a national show or anything like that. Now I want those local experts. So we are talking about splitting up Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson because of an Eastern Conference anonymous executive saying, quote, New Orleans has to make a decision between Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. I think that happens this summer. So again, we kind of went over why they that person is saying it needs to happen this summer. This is the money stuff. If the Pelicans pay the salary cap or pay the luxury tax, that don't matter. So we don't need to worry about it. It kind of throws it out there. But then you look at the on-court fitness a little bit clunky. Again, the starters are minus 2.8. That's a bad, very, very, very bad number. But... What about Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram together? So I pulled the number, NBA.com slash stats. 
They have a positive net rating. You can sort by two-man lineups of 2.1. It's not good, but it's not negative. It's not negative. So, all right, that makes you think there could be something there, right? Like, again, I do think they can complement each other. They can both go and get theirs. But with what the team is trying to do this year in terms of their offense and having more of an identity and something that is just not predicated around availability of Zion or the availability of Brandon Ingram, it's not really there, right? Like there's not a system per se. They're just out playing and look, there's enough talent here and they're deep. So they're going to, they're going to win games and they are, but again, it doesn't look great together. And while that works in the regular season, that concerns me for the postseason here. We'll find out, right? They're going to make the postseason. We'll find out more on that in the third segment here. So given that they are positive together when they're on the court 2.1 maybe maybe the issue isn't that right and so maybe you need to make other moves first and cj mccollum we're going to come into that in the third segment here right so it starts with the center position that's what the pelicans were trying to upgrade at the trade deadline right like they wanted to move a kind of upgrade or go in a different direction, let's say, than Jonas Valanciunas, someone more mobile that maybe helps with the defense, someone who's more of a lob threat and vertical spacing threat than Jonas Valanciunas. And look, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of this. Like, I'm very skeptical that this will actually make these guys work. I think it's more about their games not quite fitting in the way you'd like than upgrading at the center position and that kind of unlocking things. I think a vertical spacing threat is nice, but that's only if you have guys that can get him the ball. Can Zion do that? Can Brandon Ingram do that instead of taking a mid-range shot? I'm not actually sure. So if they don't get a ball to a vertical spacing threat, basically just a lob threat from the dunker spot to the left or right side of the basket, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. And that's actually going to then still clog the paint more. And that's not a good thing, right? But you do this. Rather than kind of break up the pairing of Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, where you've invested a lot of money, resources, time, everything, right? And they're more talented. This is something you see happen very often in the NBA. There's kind of like, you go down like an order, right? Like a hierarchy, like like an order of a pyramid of needs or something like that, right? Like of what you do before you break up your star players or your roster here. You know, look at the Milwaukee Bucks this season. What'd they do? They fired their head coach, Right. And they haven't been winning since they fired their head coach. Doc Rivers came in and is not looking too hot right now. Who could have predicted that? But the the issue goes deeper than the head coach, right? But what's the easiest thing you can do? If you're in the Milwaukee Bucks, you're in the luxury tax, right? You don't really have tons of tradable draft picks or things like that. You know, you... You're just limited on what you can do. So if you need to see results, the easiest thing that you can do is fire your head coach and bring in someone else, right? Like that's the easiest thing you can do. Rather than tearing down the roster, trading Damian Lillard, trading Chris Middleton or whomever, the easiest thing you can do is fire your head coach and hire another one and see if just a different voice, a different perspective comes in and fixes things. So they did that, right? It goes similar for trying to kind of tinker with your players, right? Okay, something's off between Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. What do we do? You can try firing the head coach. I don't think they're going to do that, so let's remove that from the equation. But we don't think the center position works with those guys. And that starting lineup maybe is being held back because of that. You know, CJ McCollum is a positive. Herb Jones is a positive. Zion's a negative, actually, on off court. Brandon Ingram's barely positive. And Jonas is kind of barely a negative. So let's let's move on from Jonas Valanciunas, upgrade there, and see what happens. I mean, that's the, the easy thing to do. To at least try and do it. Again, I'm kind of skeptical if it will, 
But I do think that that is the first move you should do before breaking up and trading Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram, right? Like that's kind of what you go. Go with something a little bit simpler first. It's like when I work on my cars, this is maybe the answer I'm trying to do. Car engine won't start, right? Okay, well, let's try and kind of diagnose it and work backwards. Let's try checking this. You do the easy things first, right? Like is a fuel line not connected? Well, then you reconnect it and now it's all running, right? Something like that before you start to take it apart and see if there's a piston that's not firing or trying to, at least in the Corvette, getting the spark plugs is a pain, right? Like you do that stuff first, check the little things and see if that fixes it versus kind of then getting in and taking the whole engine apart and then putting it back together and then seeing if it works. You may as well do those easy things first and that's the center position this summer. Again, it's probably predicated around paying the luxury tax next season, but let's assume that they're going to do that. And if they don't, we're having a whole different discussion here. So I think you look at changing the center position first and seeing if that really tweaks things, right? Like CJ's not going to be moved or go anywhere. You're not going to take him out of the starting lineup. Same for Herb Jones, same for Zion Williamson, same for Brandon Ingram. You know, I'm holding up four fingers. The one I'm not holding up is the, the Jonas Valanciunas finger here. So... That's what you've got to do first, and I think that's the direction the Pelicans are going to go. Now, you could make an argument that you shouldn't do that. You know, one of the things we've seen in the NBA, particularly like the Atlanta Hawks and some other teams, is it's better to get ahead of trading guys that you think either want out or you don't want on your team or don't think can win a title with and get more of a return earlier. The longer you hold on to guys, usually that return gets worse and worse and worse. Look at how little OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam kind of went for compared to, you know, what they could have gone maybe a year or two ago when you had more team control over that. Brandon Ingram's got one more year. Trade him at the trade deadline when he's a rental versus, you know, extending him, keeping him, then trading him with more time or just moving him while he's got a full year. Those things kind of matter. Same for Zion Williamson with that side of it, too. He's under team control. That makes teams trading for him willing to offer you more. Look at the Atlanta Hawks with DeJounte Murray. It's not going great, right? How long did it take them to trade John Collins, eventually going to Utah for basically pennies? But look at what Utah traded Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell for, blowing up that team because they knew it was the right move. And they got the maximum kind of return on those players that those players couldn't get right now if their respective teams in the Timberwolves and Cavs traded them. It's worth keeping in mind with all of that. But I don't think a small market team is going to do that, you know, with an owner that's not willing to like spend or necessarily be bad. Utah has a very, very rich owner that I'm sure will happily pay the luxury tax when it's needed there. And he's sinking money into that team. We don't have that here in New Orleans, unfortunately. So that's something that I think is kind of worth keeping in mind if you think about a clock ticking or anything like that. But I think you do other moves first like trying to get Jared Allen. And look, we expect all of kind of the trade talks they had this off uh, during the trade deadline to kind of get into, get reignited in this off season. So I would expect changes to be coming and them to have a different starting center going into next year. And we'll see if it works or not. But also things could just work out. Why are we rushing to make a jump to, why are we rushing to make a jump to conclusions? I guess that kind of works here. Why are we rushing to kind of declare a thing right now? There's no reason to do that. I want to look at that and other things of why maybe you won't see this pairing break up at all. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. 
Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Nissan, the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Are you the kind of driver that looks to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store are all built right into the 123 three-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Or what about the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder? Has room for up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower, it's really good. And up to 6,000 pounds towing when adventure calls, the Pathfinder's there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada, and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know. Looking at Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, can you keep them together? Should you keep them together? Or is it better to make a move? Kind of laying out both sides for you here, and I want to hear what you think. I'm telling you what I think the Pelicans will do. I definitely think you need to consider it and really try and kind of shake things up eventually. But... You don't need to do it right now. We also don't have to choose right now because here's the thing. We don't actually know for sure yet, right? One of the things that's going to give you a really good test of this is the postseason. Is it the playoffs yet? No, it's not. We still have like 27, 26 games to go in the regular season, right? We haven't even played the first game back from the All-Star break by the time you're listening to this most likely. We don't have to make a decision on this just yet. Let's see what they do. They're going to make the playoffs, or at least get kind of into postseason contention, right? Even if it's the play-in tournament. You flame out of the play-in tournament, there's too much talent here that, that shouldn't have happened. We'll look at why, we'll break it down on the show, and then we kind of go from there and make our best determinations based on the data and evidence that we've seen. But we haven't seen that yet. And that's what the Pelicans front office needs to see. I think they have some ideas. You have hypotheses about what's going to happen, some guesses. But we don't know for sure yet. So... Nothing needs to be determined. They could get into the postseason and they could click and things go really well and they get a couple good matches matchups and make a run. That can also be fool's gold. Look at Atlanta making the conference finals a couple of years ago when they got pretty lucky on that run. They had a very good matchup in the first round against the New York Knicks. They took on the Philadelphia 76ers in the second round and Ben Simmons looked like a shell of a player, right? That was a big time problem for them. So when you look at it like that, the Atlanta Hawks, you know, all of a sudden thought they were better than they were, and that can be a problem. So you don't want that here. So we are going to be real objective about how the Pelicans do in the postseason. They get to the conference finals. Was it a fluke or was it because they played well? So you don't want to end up with the situation Atlanta's in right now, which is not great, right? So, but they could also just look great, right? We could see Zion hit another gear after the All-Star break. We could see Brandon Ingram hit another gear after the All-Star break and elevate their play. And all of a sudden, that 2.1 net rating together gets higher and higher and higher. We go, oh, got it, right? They could gain valuable experience even if they lose in the first round, but they lost because the bench didn't play well, but the starters were winning minutes. That tells us something, right? All of that is what we need to see first, And we haven't seen that yet. So it's way too early to say this. So again, that Eastern Conference executive giving you the quote, New Orleans has to make a decision between Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. I think that happens this summer is based purely off the luxury tax. But if we're under the assumption, and it's a 
guess that the Pelicans will pay the luxury tax. This isn't a problem right now. It's not a problem going into next season, like at all. There are also other things you can do first if you're worried about trying to kind of win and needing to do this, right? Like before they break up Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, you can see them moving CJ McCollum eventually. It's not going to happen this off season. I know some of y'all want that, but I doubt it. That could be a move you make, right? Again, you kind of go through, okay, what's the easiest thing to do? Troubleshoot here first. Center position? Okay, let's do that. That doesn't work? All right, let's look at moving CJ here and seeing what we can do there and adding a couple of other things, right? That doesn't work. Let's move on to the next thing here. Okay, maybe now it's time to package CJ and, you know, Trey Murphy into another star player that just fits better with these guys. A point guard, maybe, whatever you want, right? Like, you can do that. There's other things you need to do before you get to split up Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. I also think there are reasons to do it. I think the big thing is looking at Atlanta and looking at how they've waited way too long and that team looks like an absolute mess right now right? Like we're waiting for kind of Brandon Ingram to grow as a player and we haven't seen it. You know, we're waiting for Zion to kind of add some things to his bag and we haven't seen it. So those are reasons to kind of maybe jump out ahead of this as opposed to waiting too long. But again, you're in a small market where you kind of need to win and keep people's interest and you don't want to fill up the arena, want to be making money, all of those sorts of things. We don't know yet. We'll see, right? Maybe they look good in the postseason together and you're like, oh, we need to go forward with it. The long and short of this is, I don't think they need to break these two up now, even if they don't look great this postseason, the remainder of this regular season. I don't think they've looked particularly great right now. They're certainly not reaching their potential. They could, could, if, if, not when, if, and they might, I believe in this team. So we'll see what they end up doing here. What do you think? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. Do you think they need to split up that pairing right now? Do you want to wait or do you truly believe in it and think, no, like go kind of trade, trade JV first, see what happens, trade CJ, then kind of work from there. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. More on Jordan Hawkins in tomorrow's show with how he played in the Rising Stars game. A couple of other notes from All-Star Weekend. We'll do an All-Star Weekend recap. It should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.